Hey everyone, Saul Marquez here. Have you launched your podcast already and discovered what a pain it could be to keep up with editing, production, show notes, transcripts, and operations? What if you could turn over the keys to your podcast busy work while you do the fun stuff like expanding your network and taking the industry stage? Let us edit your first episode for free so you can experience the freedom. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez here. Today, I have the privilege of being with Dr. Alon Jones. Dr. Jones is a board-certified osteopathic family physician. He's interested in what works and has had plenty of experience with things that don't. Dr. Jones, with Jerry Bozeman, his colleague and wife, developed a nasal spray made up of xylitol and saline that assists and stimulates the immune system's efforts to clean the nose. When used regularly, a clean nose prevents many of the medical problems that originate there. This includes allergies and asthma, as well as ear and sinus infections. More information on the product, as well as other uses of xylitol, is also available on a website that we'll provide in the show notes or in some of the books that he's written, he and his colleagues, No More Allergies, Asthma, or Sinus Infections, published by Freedom Press. Just uh, uh, an incredible uh, opportunity to dive into the thoughts of Dr. Jones today. Before studying medicine, though, he spent six years in college and graduate school studying history. A man of my own heart. I also have a, a history degree uh, with a special interest in the history of science and ideas. He's confident that his background has influenced the way that he approaches healthcare and practice of medicine. And today uh, we're going to be diving into his experience and his findings and how they could benefit you, your patients, and your organization. So, Dr. Jones, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, you know, we uh, we have a, a longstanding tradition here on the podcast of, of before diving into the hot topics, we'd like to more, know more about what inspires you and your work in healthcare. So I'd love to hear what lets you do your work and what inspires that. Um, probably the thing that most inspires me is the functioning of the human body. And like you mentioned, before I went to medical school, I got a master's degree in the history of science and ideas. And one of the incidences in that long and varied history that I looked at was the communication between Louis Pasteur and Claude Bernard. And they had a conversation about what causes disease or illness. And Louis Pasteur won the day because he gave us a a little invisible microbe to cause disease that we could supposedly obliterate and win and be healthy the rest of our lives. And ever since then, the mid-19th century, uh, our medical system has focused on destroying that microbe. And we've ignored Claude Bernard. Claude Bernard's argument was that the soil, and by the soil he means where that microbe is planted, has an equally valid uh, role in, in causing disease, especially when there's weaknesses or they're not working right. If those defenses are not working, then we're more likely to get sick. And that's been my focus. When I first started practicing, uh, I was reading all kinds of things about uh, cholera and the use of oral rehydration to treat cholera. And cholera doesn't kill because of the infection. It kills because of the, of the responses that our body makes to that bacteria. And people die of dehydration. They don't die of cholera. 
but cholera takes so much of the body's fluid that they die of dehydration. And oral rehydration is a very simple solution of salt, sugar, and water that turns on a pump in your stomach that pumps the water into your body so that you don't die of dehydration. It's a very nice way to drink an IV. And it's probably the cheapest, safest, best way to rehydrate your body that there is. And all it is is a a mixture of salt and sugar and water. You can find the recipe in the book that you mentioned, or you can look online for oral rehydration recipe, and it'll tell you how to mix it up at home. You can mix it up for about five cents a gallon. If you buy Pedialyte, which is the closest thing to it, it'll cost you about seven to ten dollars a quart. Um, but make it at home; it's easy and it works. And it works because it turns a little pump in your stomach on, and it pumps it into your body. So if you're exercising and need extra fluid, oral rehydration is the best way to do it. If you have a little bit of gastroenteritis, your best treatment is oral rehydration. Wow, that's fascinating. Now, that's how it started. And what oral rehydration does is optimize your GI defense because your GI defense is a washing defense. You throw up, you vomit, you have diarrhea, your GI tract gets cleans out, you get better. If you have enough fluid on board, you can do that very easily and you do get better faster. And that was probably the most useful thing in my practice for the first uh, decade or two. And then the thing that prompted the uh, nasal spray that you mentioned was a granddaughter who started getting recurring ear infections. And my wife, a special ed teacher, said, if you really loved kids, you'd find a way to prevent that problem. Because Mm -hmm. in her special ed classes, she sees lots of lots of kids that have had ear infections when they were babies. And those ear infections have turned chronic. And so there is fluid in the middle ear that impairs these kids' hearing. And if they go to school when they can't hear, they don't learn, and they wind up in her special ed class. So I have enough kids of my own, adopted, uh, foster kids, whatever, and my own, that I couldn't really ignore her demand. So a couple of days after she said that, I read about the Finnish study in the British Medical Journal where they used chewing gum, which they use in Finland to prevent tooth decay. But if kids chew that gum five times a day, they had 40% less ear infections. So, Interesting. Uh, ear infection, she, my, my granddaughter was too young to chew gum. So ear infections start from bacteria in your nose. We thought it would be a better deal to address it there. So we got some xylitol to the local health food store and put some in a bottle of saline and had mom and dad and daycare workers spray her nose every time they changed their diaper. And 10 kids like her that I had in my practice that I followed for a year, their ear complaints were gone by 95%. In fact, more than 95% over the year that I followed them. So I called the FDA. I had said, I had a really neat way to clean your nose. FDA said, we don't have a category for nose cleaning. What does that do? And I said, well, if, if your nose is clean, you don't have ear infections or sinus infections. Allergies are better. Asthma is better. FDA said, then it's a drug. They have a patent on drugs and drug claims. So I couldn't make any drug claims. I went to the pharmaceutical industry. Pharmaceutical industry says, hey, it's pretty good. What's it made of? Xylitol and saline. Xylitol? Xylitol? You can buy xylitol at the grocery store, can't you? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. We're not interested. We need some, we need a, something we can control and patent something so we can make profit off of it. <laughs> so we've been selling an nose wash for, for 20 years. 
And recently, my son, who took over the manufacturing and distribution and selling and marketing and all that, mm-hmm. wanted to find out what it did for the virus. And he's added other stuff to it. So uh, make it a little bit more complicated. Took it to the laboratory at Utah State University. And uh, they looked at it and said, hey, this does something to the virus. So we had to take all the parts apart and found out that it was the grapefruit seed extract that they use as a preservative that kills the virus. Hmm. And so they started doing some research on it. And they're doing research in uh, southern Florida on that nasal spray to see what it does for the virus. And preliminary reports from that study, uh, anecdotal so far, but when the study is completed, they'll they'll be, uh, it's a double-blind placebo-controlled study, so it fits all the bells and whistles that the FDA wants. But preliminary reports have two people, anyway, with uh, symptoms and positive tests that are symptom-free and test-free in seven days. So that's pretty good. And then there's another study uh, from Amcyte Pharmaceuticals, A-M-C-Y-T-E. You can search that pharmaceutical company and COVID and Xylitol. And they paid uh, the bio, biocontainment laboratory at the University of Tennessee to look at Xylitol. Their study was a little bit different because it washed, it washed uh, the mixture before they finally counted the virus, virus on the, in the end result. And there were none. So xylitol in this case interferes with the adherence of the bacteria of the virus in our noses. And so you get a one-two punch with, with uh, this nasal spray. And it's simple, safe, 20 years of marketing without any complaints and a lot of success. You can get it at, the, at, the, at your store. One of these two people in that study had a friend that was in the placebo part of the study. He told his friend about it. His friend went to the store, broke the blind on the study, and is better too. So that's three of the people that were in that study. And that's cheating on the study because he should really be still blind and, and getting sicker. And a problem with it is with the virus now is when somebody does test positive, what do you do? Send them home to self-quarantine. The virus is multiplying in your nose. There's no way that anybody is addressing that problem where it is in the early stages. They'll wait till we're able to go to the hospital or get better. And a lot of people do get better. But a lot of people have long-term problems with this virus. It is not a benign virus. So here's a way to treat it. You can do it yourself. It is not FDA approved because FDA won't let us say what's in it without it being a drug. And it doesn't want to be a drug because that makes it a hundred times more expensive than what it is. So use your common sense. That's why we're common sense medicine. I love it. And uh, well, thank you. Thank you for that, uh, Dr. Jones. Certainly it's um, a lot, you know, the easy things that can make the biggest impact. And, you know, actually we had a, we had a physician on the podcast a few months ago, early in the pandemic, and uh, she she certainly called out the um, rinsing of the nose, and mm-hmm. and even even showed us a video of how to do it with, uh, but it wasn't with xylitol. So, <laughs> and it, it, but she talked about the ACE two receptor. Uh, and you know how it resides in the nose and the nasal cavity being larger in the in the older adults mm-hmm. and the kids how it's not yet that developed 
And and so and this kids is don't have as many of those receptors either in there, right? Yeah. So I mean, this is fascinating stuff to me, and I'm sure to all of the listeners and viewers right now. And and so so as you as you think about the approach, on the one hand, you've got pharma telling you no thanks, it's not proprietary, we can't charge an arm and a leg for it. On the other hand, you have the FDA telling you, hey, this this is a pharmaceutical, you need you need to go the course. Uh, but in the middle, it's basically a, a product that's available over the counter. It's not a drug. It's, uh, it's available at the grocery store, but you guys have combined it in your own proprietary way and you're offering it at a, at a pretty good price. And so talk to us a little bit more about it, Dr. Jones. And, and really, you, you had shared and the, it was indirect health uh, effects of humidity in indoor environments. And, I wanted to see if maybe you could walk us through that. Yeah, your your colleague or you, the person you talked about earlier that said rinse your nose, he's looking at uh, pretty well-known things because mm-hmm. we have flu season, cold and flu season in the wintertime. We have that because it correlates with when we turn the furnace on. And when we do that, we drop the available moisture in the air as we warm the air, but don't humidify it. So in wintertime, we're decreasing the amount of humidity in the air that we breathe. And the air that we breathe is important. And let's see that slide that I gave you. Sure. There we go. Okay. Uh, the, green share, the green area in the middle, that's the optimum zone. And if you're in the optimum zone, you don't have near as many of the problems that you see whether, when the humidity is either high on the right or low on the left. And so that's the area between 40 and 60% where we developed in our evolutionary history. If we've lived outdoors, and outdoors, the humidity is always, pretty much always higher than it is inside. Um, one of the more interesting stories about this is ear infections in the indigenous people in Alaska. And Jerry, my wife, and I went there to talk to the Native American people and see if we could do anything about their problem with ear infections. So we talked to the Indian Health Service, and they weren't much help. Uh, we talked to uh, audiologists, and the audiologists told us that they would go out to the communities, and the elders in those communities, the really, really old people, say, you know, we didn't have any ear infection problems before we got civilized. And they got civilized in the 50s when we gave them uh, houses, uh, modular homes to live in with the central heater and took them off the ice so they didn't have to live in igloos and ice homes anymore. And what that did was drop the humidity in their wintertime. And they live in a very cold environment, so there's not much humidity in the air anyway. But breathing cold air stimulates histamine, which opens the doors to the vascular so it gets more water in your nose automatically. So they took them out of this environment and put them in these homes that are by far more comfortable and more pleasant, except that they made people, they made their kids sick with ear infections. And they have the highest incidence probably in the whole world of ear infections, recurrent ear infections, and they're very common. If you can stay in this green zone, you wouldn't have those ear infections. And if you can increase the humidity where the red oval is, if you can increase the humidity above 50%, you don't have respiratory infections. COVID is a respiratory infection. And that's one of the reasons xylitol works, because it pulls water into your nose 
just like histamine opens the taps, except you don't need to open the taps if you put xylitol in your nose. And it stays in your nose for about six hours. So you're getting a benefit that lasts for six hours and pulls water into your nose, puts you in the green zone. And if you have respiratory infections, like the red oval says, you won't have them anymore. And that's one reason it works, because it optimizes your nasal defenses by keeping enough fluid in your nose to help those defenses work best. And the second way it works is uh, like the study uh, from the University of Tennessee showed. And that is a little bit harder to explain. But microbes hold on to our cells on the surfaces of those cells. And almost always, it's to the sugar complexes that are on the surfaces of our cells that they hold on to. Mm -hmm. And they know what they're holding on to because those sugar complexes are pretty stable in their configuration. Early studies looked at uh, E. coli, the bacteria that causes urinary tract infections. Mannose is a sugar-like glucose, a little bit different configuration, but mannose is the sugar that those bacteria hold on to. And if you put mannose in their diet, uh, since most women with urinary tract infections are self-infected from their GI tract, uh, it shifts out the, the bacteria to those that do not hang on to mannose. The mannose ones are washed out. And so you have less problems with urinary infections. Xylitol is not a six-carbon sugar like our bodies are used to and use. It's a five-carbon sugar, and it's flexible. It's like the pickpocket thing that you can stick in a door and twist and turn, and, and it fits mm -hmm. because it's flexible. It can get into those binding sites on the microbes, and it may not be exactly what they're looking for, but it'll fit for a while and complicate the issue, and those bacteria can't hold on. Yeah, that's really interesting. And folks, for, for those of you that aren't watching this right now, uh, you know, listening to the podcast, check out the, the show notes. You'll see the chart that we're taking a look at. But very simply, it goes from zero to 100 on a horizontal axis. And then there's this mid zone from 40 to 60 on a vertical axis. That is the, the key zone, the optimum zone that Dr. Jones is calling out here, that uh, it's key to stay within. And uh, and some of the explanations around the sugars and the humidity make a lot of sense. And so uh, I really think it's a unique approach on uh, keeping ourselves healthy. You know, we're we're doing a lot of things to keep ourselves healthy. We're social distancing. We're washing hands more uh, than we used to before the pandemic. Uh, you know, keeping your nose clean is another interesting and great way of of doing that. Now, you know, wash your hands but you could wash your nose too. So talk to us about how that would work, right? A lot of us, myself included, Dr. Jones, aren't used to doing that. Talk to us about how we get into that habit and, and what good could come out of it. Well, first of all, to realize that it is a habit and it's something that you, you should do regularly. But, you know, as a, as a doctor, I know that if you prescribe a pill four times a day, Maybe they'll take it twice a day, maybe once a day. But it's hard to get that degree of agreement with people to do something four times a day. But if you're healthy and you just want to prevent it, then put it with your toothbrush. If you're dealing with the virus actively, like our president should be doing right now, I would take it three times every, every three hours while you're awake. I would make sure and wash your nose. 
He doesn't pay attention to me, though. <laughs> <laughs> he would rather take chlor chlorfenirum, whatever it is. Does he have? I've been out of, out of the loop. Hydroxychloroquine is what he would like to take every three hours. <laughs> so he has COVID right now. Yeah. Okay. All right. I was you not haven't aware. paid attention to the news today. I I, I have not. He I've tested been... positive last night. Is that right? Wow. Wow. There you go. And his wife. Oh my lord. Well, you know, it, it's uh, it's still here, folks. Uh, you know, I everybody knows we're not alarmists, but we're certainly wanting you to take care of yourself, and and it's the small things, and keeping something like this by your toothbrush. Is a, is a great way to do it. And uh, we could definitely leave a link for you to explore the option of, uh, of this product that Dr. Jones is, is sharing with us. Now, the ingredient is xylitol, but so what, what do you call the product, Dr. Jones? Clear. Clear. Spelled with an X. X-L-E-A-R. X-L-E-A-R. The pronunciation is from Finland because xylitol in Finnish is pronounced kulitol. So I took a Finnish X and made clear. Love it. Now, you were saying that the Finnish actually do this routinely. This is already part of their day-to-day. -day. Uh, not so much the nasal spray. They know about it, but oh, they, it was use, the bubble they gum. use the gum. Okay, got it. And got it. Uh, the gum prevents tooth decay. That's how it all started. Put it, put it all in terms of defense medicine. And defense medicine is honoring and supporting the defenses that we have in there. Those defenses are strongest in our GI tract and our respiratory tract, because those are the vulnerable openings to our bodies. And there's lots of defenses that we have that work there all the time. Unfortunately, the backup defenses are bothersome, and our system of medicine has turned them into gastroenteritis and rhinorrhea, which are diseases that we have medicines to deal with. But dealing with those medicines blocks the defense. And that's not a wise thing to do when you're looking at evolutionary defenses. Yeah, it's a good call out. As you've explored this solution, you know, what, what, what have been some of the biggest setbacks you've experienced and maybe key learnings that have come out of that? My son, Nathan, who has the business now, divides up the medical world into healers and dealers. And dealers are interested in the profits they can get from medicine. They are not interested in doing things that make people healthier. They're not interested in doing things that support our defenses in an inexpensive way so that people don't get sick. And that's probably the biggest um, thorn in my flesh is asking doctors to look because I've retired now and I don't have an office. I don't have any patients that I see that I can ask my colleagues to use this nasal spray in kids with asthma, for example. And my own experience in kids with asthma is that if they use it four times a day, they don't have asthma anymore. More about this is in asthma and allergy solution. It's a new addition to the earlier version that was dealing with ear infections and sinus infections. Awesome. Fascinating. We'll, we'll make sure to, to, to put a link to that book wherever you could get it available. It'll be right there via the link in the show notes. And, uh, and yeah, certainly that's so interesting. Dealers and healers. <laughs> that could be the name of a podcast. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I hope you support the healers. For sure. That's what we're about here on the podcast. And, mm -hmm. and so we certainly appreciate your insights. Dr. Jones, what are you most excited about today? Um, 
trying to convince people that there's a cheap solution to our problem. Yeah, yeah, and and that's why you're here today, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, folks, as you um, explore potential options for staying healthy, Dr. Jones even called out asthma. You know, using this for for asthma, take it a few times a day, and 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 then it goes away. I mean, just something worth exploring, and uh, it's natural, so can't hurt you. So something to certainly consider. Uh, as we wrap up today's episode, Dr. Jones, I want to say thank you. Thank you for, for sharing this, uh, this tremendously valuable insight with, uh, with Clear, with an X. Give us a closing thought on what we should be thinking about and also where the listeners and viewers could uh, get in touch with you or find out more about Clear. Mm, keep your nose clean. When I was a little boy and I would go to school every day, my mom would always send me out the door by saying, keep your nose clean. And I often wondered what she meant by that, whether it was metaphorical or real. But when she was in her 90s, I asked her after we developed this way to keep your nose clean, uh, I asked her what she meant. And she told me about a little girl that she went to school with who had chronic rhinopus running down her, her nose all the time and how, how uh, much of a stigma it was for that little girl. And so it was real. Hmm. And she was very happy in her later years that she had a son that figured out a way to do that. And to take a point from your doctor who said, rinse your nose often, uh, there's a downside to that because if you wash your nose or irrigate your nose, one of your primary defenses is all of the friendly bacteria that we have all over our body, inside and out. And the primary defense strategy they have is all these no vacancy signs that they hang out for the invaders. And if you irrigate those areas, you'll wash those good bacteria out. And that's not a very good thing to do. So tweak your environment. And that's what a nasal spray does. A spray is a a negligible substance that has a long-lasting effect beneficial. Awesome. Great, great closing thought. And again, just want to offer you thanks, Dr. Jones, for spending time with us. Obviously, folks, the things we cover here on the podcast are are to improve outcomes and business innovation. And so if you take anything that, that you heard from today and makes you better, we want to hear about it. And obviously, with things like this, consult your doctor before you do it. Uh, this is by no way, shape, or form considered medical advice from me <laughs> or the podcast. Um, but certainly uh, grateful for the for the insights that that you've offered us, uh, Doctor Jones. Thanks for thanks for sharing them today. Thank you. And when you go visit your doctor, take him some information from either the book that we talk about, or go to Common Sense Medicine and look at the blogs. The, one of the first blogs on there is talking about an alternative view to treat the COVID virus. And there's information on there that you can print out and take to your doctor and see what the doctor says. You know, that's a good call out. It's commonsensemedicine.org. Almost forgot to give that right. to folks. Uh, so don't forget to visit commonsensemedicine.org. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Jones. Pleasure Thank to have you. you here. Hey, Outcomes Rocket listeners. No podcast? No problem. Launch a professional podcast you'll love in four weeks. Most people hire production companies to edit and distribute content that sounds bad and does nothing for their revenue or their network. But you could turn the key to a made-to-order podcast and skip all the pitfalls that make 90% of shows discontinue after five episodes. 
We've got the expertise, the elbow grease, and you're back on this one. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more.